reveal the truth. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Yeah, man, it really tied the room together. Don't judge me, Rocky. You're a wizard, Harry. Why so serious? Here's Johnny! Welcome to episode 15 of Lords of Film. Yep, you heard it right. Lords of Film is back. We were on hiatus since July of 2016. Our last episode we did was with Anthony Ferrante, who directed the Sharknado series. Um, so, yeah, we're back. <laughs> so if you haven't been listening to this podcast and been wondering, like, where we've been, sorry... We kind of dropped off the face of Earth, of the Earth there. Uh, yeah, so this episode we're going to be talking about Logan as Kyle takes a drink from his Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Taco Bell? No, it was from the when we went and saw Suicide Squad at the theater. You've had that cup since? I still have that cup. Is it it's is it like a regular cup or is it a No, it's actually like one of the the premium ones. Uh, they're made out of plastic and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Stuff. So tonight we're gonna talk about uh, Logan. It's gonna be very, uh, very spoilerific. So if you have not seen Logan yet, be forewarned that we will be talking uh, spoilers. Make sure that you turn this episode off now until you listen. Well, not listen, but until you watch Logan. Um, so, Kyle, start us off. What did you think of Logan, your overall take on the film? Uh, it was kind of surprising in a sense that it actually lived up to expectations. Like, you don't really see movies doing that that often anymore. But uh, from the trailers and all that, and from just what we heard, we were expecting like a very gritty, very emotion-filled action kind of movie and that's exactly what we got and it was kind of everything i had ever hoped a r-rated wolverine based movie would be disagree with you on that last part it had everything but one thing logan in the classic suit if that would have happened it would have capped off the one of the best comic book portrayals of any actor like probably better than christian bell and ben affleck and christopher reeve um him not being in that suit for me was a big i wouldn't say it's a big distraction but a big missed opportunity because he's been doing this for 17 years now and the fact that he was never in that suit um is it is it like i said it's a missed opportunity i think that they could have done it in one of the films you know probably in days of future past but not having him at some point in the suit to cap off his 17 years as Wolverine was a disappointment for me. Uh, other than that, I think Logan is one of the is a rare movie that we have as comic book fans um, have kind of waited for. It's not, it doesn't it doesn't tie into really any of the continuity that Fox has been putting out. It's kind of st- a standalone movie like we used to get, like with the Batman films and Superman when uh. You know, like it just it it is it's it's separate, it's different, and and it works well. They have callbacks to you know the different uh, 
the different uh, X-Men films, but it does not uh, lay heavily on previous those previous plot lines. I can agree with that, yeah. I mean, it is kind of strange that in the, what, like 16, 17 years Hugh Jackman has been the Wolverine, we never really got to see him in an iconic suit, except kind of sort of teased it at the end of The Wolverine, but I don't really count that as it being canonical since it was like a post credit scene that never really amounted to anything. Um, I I remember seeing that still of like the suit and never like that iconic suit. But for like I said, I, I think Logan's an amazing film. Um, the let's just talk about the acting of it before we get back into that, you know, without the suit stuff, the things that was a uh, detraction from the overall uh, greatness that was Logan. Um, I got to say that Patrick Stewart gave it one of his best performances of all time. Uh, I really didn't expect that. I was not expecting those deep resonating performances that we, you know, I'm used to seeing like the the beat 'em up, smash 'em up action f- films, um, you know that mm-hmm. we're used to. But this movie was so different. And if we were to look at just the just the marketing of the movie and how different that was, I mean, it really didn't like they didn't market a lot. A lot like there was what two or three trailers of that like we're used to i think you know, there, i think there's like two actual trailers and then maybe a handful of uh tv spots but we're used to like with like bvs there's like four trailers plus the plus the footage of the show at comic-con like they just like just with that first trailer with the johnny cash music i mean that is just perfection it was so amazing. I was I played it. Before, I played that a few times before uh, before we started the recording. But I want to say, like, just the marketing was so different. They just, the movie marketed was predicated on just like black and white stills, a few a few little trailers, a few little footage uh, things here or there. But other than that, it wasn't marketed like a usual comic book film. I wouldn't even say that it was. There was like viral marketing, like we got with The Dark Knight. It was just like we're gonna give you just bits and pieces of this film. This is uh, Hugh Jackman's last movie as Wolverine. You should just go see it for that. Well, pro- we it was pretty much like saying we promise this is gonna be a good film. We don't want to spoil the film. We're gonna give you black and white stills. This movie's just market it's so completely different and it was refreshing that's what i really gotta say about logan was how refreshing the marketing of the movie was and how the movie experience was um what did you what are your takes on if on the marketing of the film kyle oh i'm very i appreciate the way they handled the the marketing for the movie so much just because they showed just enough in the trailers where i'm like okay there are some interesting themes that they're trying to portray in this movie that are differentiating it from pretty much any other comic book based movie I've seen so far that alone is enough to interest me. But then, yeah, they're like, here's uh, some elements of like the well-known old man Logan series. Uh, but there's some of these other uh, things being thrown in the mix too. So like, it was just like, like a really cool, interesting hodgepodge of like different themes and ideas that we haven't seen in the comic book movie just yet. And, and like I said, like they were only showing just enough in the trailers to get you really interested and want to get in the theater to go see it. And like having gone back and watched both of the the main trailers just earlier today, um, even though like 
in the second trailer, they were showing bits of the third act. It re- you really had no idea like what was going on at any one time, except maybe like, oh, here's here's Logan. He's all bloodied up. But what is, what does it really mean? Um. So yeah, like they they were um, they were holding back just enough of the the really good bits for the when you actually went and saw the movie. Um. Uh, so yeah, like I think people should be the studio should be looking at the Logan trailers as maybe like a new standard and how to handle the marketing for a movie. If you have anything remotely similar to the kind of content you want to portray in the movie, like if it's a straight up action movie, sure it wouldn't work out that well, but if you're going for a more character driven narrative, then maybe, maybe this is the way to go. And I know I kind of got on a tangent with the marketing, but if we let's let's break down uh, the acting of it. You know, Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Daphne King, those performances are all worthy of nominations. Now it could be Academy Award nomination, Golden Globe, SAG awards, but if if we don't see at least Patrick Stewart get some sort of nomination for his betrayal as Xavier. I'll be very disappointed and very surprised because Patrick Stewart just gives a tour de force performance in this movie. And you feel like he's got his own issues going on that we're not really used to. We're used to him kind of being the guiding light for these characters. But in this film, he has his own, he has his own issues. He has his own arc and the way that, you know, he, he's, I wouldn't say he's on this deathbed, at the beginning of the film, but you can t- see how weathered he is and how his powers have really taken its toll on on him. And you can, you know, say the same thing about uh, about Logan. Like, I mean, Wolverine. It's it's almost like the adamantium is has poisoned his mm-hmm. body, um, and you can s- kind of see him disheveled and you know not into. You know, he wasn't as fit as he was. I noticed that. Like, there were a few shots where I was like, Hugh Jackman, you're kind of flabby in this movie. You're not as checked as you normally are. <laughs> um, I don't know if that was, uh, you know, something that James Mangold and Hugh, Hugh Jackman had. But it definitely, I wouldn't say it was a distraction, but it was something that I definitely noticed. Um, and But like I said, the Patrick Stewart's character arc in this film is so, so resonating. And so, so powerful. And then, like, here's a here's a spoiler. If you haven't seen Logan, uh, turn this episode off. The moment where he gets stabbed, it like it like took your breath away. You weren't expecting it because he's having this private moment with who you think is Logan, but is actually X twenty four. And that moment where you know it seems like they're finally they fi- these two characters have finally understood each other after this long period of butting heads and Logan's trying to figure out who he is and Xavier's trying to like, open his mind just but just enough so he can discover things for himself. But it finally came to a head that they finally have this clear understanding of their relationship, and then just a moment later, a second later, it's taken away. And it's like, whoa, this movie will will fuck you up. It's punishing. Um, that that this movie took chances and it, it didn't hold anything back. Oh, for sure. Like just just in that scene alone where um X twenty four kind of just creeps into the room while 
while he's having that heart for a moment there. Um, just like, like the look on Xavier's face, you're just like, Oh my God, that just happened. And like, yeah, he's like just realizing at the same time everyone else is, it's like, Holy shit. Like I wasn't really kind of expecting that to happen right then and there. And looking back on it, you're like, Oh wow, that's actually super depressing. Cause like just moments before he was talking about how tonight was one of the best nights of his entire life. And he, he, he kind of, you know, finally is starting to appreciate life again. And then, like, in that moment, it's, it's like, taken away from him instantly. And, like, the the reaction to the aftermath of Xavier's death when, you know, he's burying him and you see, uh, you see X-23 played by Daffy King just is so heartbreaking. And, and it really, like I said, it just takes – it's breathtaking. It takes your breath away. It's like, whoa. This is not a comic book film. This is not a superhero film. The only way to describe it is it's this character-driven Western with superheroes in it. So it just – they I have issues with story. But overall, this movie was near flawless. It had a lot going well for it. Um, the action sequences were pretty epic. Uh, the reasoning for uh, – Logan kind of given up on life. He at this point in his journey, he's a he's a limo driver. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to you know save enough money to get Xavier. I, it was never clear what his motivations were for getting Xavier out of there. For me, anyway, I don't know if you if you caught any more of that. I think it actually has something to do with uh, the sickness that Xavier had, and like he was almost in a sense a ticking time bomb, and the fact that. Logan was kind of playing on getting him on a boat and just taking him out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. It's kind of like, oh my, like he doesn't feel confident keeping him anywhere near humanity because he, he thinks of him as some sort of liability almost, even in, in a, despite all the good times that they've had before that. Uh, man, you know, like maybe it's not super clear why that is until maybe after the, the part where they're at the Vegas hotel there and Xavier has this incident that comes very close to killing like hundreds or thousands of people at once. It, like it's a, it's a very devastating moment and it really brings up the emotions and Xavier and even Logan in a sense after it happens. What did you think of the performances by Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Daphne King and the, and the other, and the other actors in the roles? Yeah. Uh, Steven Merchant, I believe was Caliban uh, Boyd Holbrook was I don't remember his name. Uh he was Pierce, Donald Pierce, something like that. I can't remember exactly. The uh robotic armed mercenary guy. That that's that's who he is. Um but yeah, to answer the the question, I really can't point out a bad performance in the movie. I don't think anyone in particular kind of dropped the ball in that sense. I think they all portrayed the character the way they, they could the the best way they could have portrayed that character based on the script that we had. Uh, although, like if I do have if I had to pick a, a standout performance in my mind, I'd actually pick um, the girl that plays Lauren, Alora. I I don't know why, but I just found her and the way she was. Uh, I mean, even for child actor standards, I thought she totally sold the character of X twenty three and kind of just throughout the movie just had every little time she was on the screen. I felt like she was almost still on the show, even from Hugh Jackman, which is a huge accomplishment in itself. 
Absolutely. Uh, I thought that she, at first, you know, looking back on it, you know, when I, after, after walking out, like we, we talked about how it was strange that she didn't say anything. Like she was a mute for like half the movie. Then all of a sudden she's talking up a storm with, uh, with Logan. Mm-hmm. I thought that was weird. I thought that was bizarre, but I guess it kind of played up. Uh, it kind of played up the, their relationship a little bit more. Like they were able to bond a little bit uh, faster that way. I don't know. But at first I didn't, I didn't care for that. But then, you know, taking a step back thinking about it again like i really appreciated that a little bit more because you kind of it's not it's not a, this isn't a story about her it's a story about logan and his journey so when i when i realized that okay maybe she doesn't need to talk this isn't a story about you know xavier this isn't a story about you know the whatever their like whatever the plans were to get her this is a story about logan and his journey um like a like a you know 200 year life and it's all summed up in this last picture i kind of respected it more and Mm -hmm. i understood it more um hugh jackman gives one of the best performances uh that he's ever given oh fantastic Uh, I'd like to say that it's probably my favorite Hugh Jackman film. Uh, you know, I really loved him in X2, X-Men United. Uh, I really appreciated him in Days of Future Past. Uh, and then, like, his other roles that he's done, like, another favorite of mine of his is uh, The Prestige with uh, with uh, Christian Bale and directed by Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, this is... It's like he was born to play this role and he was born to be in this movie at this time. I've been very critical of the Wolverine movies, um, especially a few of the X-Men movies, but for sure the Wolverine movies, yeah, the origin movie and then the Wolverine, I wasn't the biggest fan of. I I appreciate the Wolverine. I can see what they're trying to go for, but they kind of marketed that film as, you know, one of the most action-packed superhero films of all time and there are only just a handful of action sequences in that movie mm-hmm. and then kind of the ending with the robotic silver samurai was really a letdown but this movie kind of like makes you wipe all that away because like i said this is a movie that set it's set aside completely from all that stuff there's callbacks to it but this movie is pretty much a standalone in its own universe in its own continuity and it works and they they don't hold back they don't throw any you know they don't they just they just went for it they went for broke yeah i think i just like to capitalize a bit more on what you were saying there how it kind of just stands on its own as a movie like even though it's technically the, like the third movie in this wolverine trilogy they have set up and the end of this Wolverine saga, which carries through all the X-Men movies so far. But like, uh, just, you know, just like, for example, I have a cousin of mine who doesn't really care for comic book movies, especially like the X-Men ones. He, he never seen any of the Wolverine movies. Yeah. Uh, he went in and saw Logan this, this past weekend and came out just talking to me about how much he absolutely loved it. Like, even though he knows nothing about these characters, he really bought them and was really appreciating of how, uh, like how expressive and emotive they were for, a lot of the scenes they were in and just how even through the action scenes, it all ties the characters together. And it's something you could really believe that could happen, even though it's technically like science fiction in a sense. Yeah. Like I said, like this movie is different. It's, it's not, 
it's not like anything we've ever seen. That you know, that goes back to the, how it was marketed, how the film was kind of put together. You know, Wolverine's a huge, a huge juggernaut of a movie, and it's you know not just alone in like the money that it makes at the box office. I'm talking about the merchandising of it. Like people love the character Wolverine, and they've had this relationship with Hugh Jackman over 17 years. And for him to kind of say, I want to go out on top. And as risky as that is for his career, like he doesn't need the money, like clearly. But as risky as that is for him at this venture, because he could probably knock out two or three more of just the X-Men. If he didn't want to do the Wolverine stuff, just to stand alone, if he just wanted to do X-Men, he could do that and be, you know, make his nut. But for him to be like, I just want to kind of go out on top. I talked to Jerry Seinfeld. We had this conversation about going out on top. Um, and he did. He went out on top. He went on. He went out the way that he wanted to. And I respect that as a as someone who is creative. I respect that as someone who you know respects like your professional. Like these are your goals. But after seeing Logan, I was like, wow, you can go so many different places with this character now. Like you kind of like summed up like the end of his life. Like you could go back and you know do so you know do so you know get James Mangold get these get the uh, cast together again. Like they could do something. I mean, I know at the very end of the movie, he he's killed um, tragically, and there's that poetic moment where uh, her uh, his daughter almost said her daughter his daughter <laughs> kind of flipped over the, the makeshift cross and made it into an axe. And I thought that was very poetic, maybe glassy eyed, but, uh, but it just, like I said, like they just hit on every cylinder. It's like, what, what, where, where's this filmmaking been? Where, where's this character and how well they were kind of like, where's this been the last like 10 years? <laughs> like what's been going on? Why do they make such shitty uh, Wolverine movies? And then they're just going to leave us with, like, here you go. Here's the best one. It's like, damn. Oh, thank you. It's like, man, this is the same guy that directed The Wolverine? Like, I almost can't believe it, but like, it, it ended up happening. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of sad to see Hugh Jackman, uh, after 17 years, finally make his way out of the, the franchise. Um, but like I said, I don't think there could have been a better way for him to go out. Uh, I'm trying to imagine like a, a scenario where maybe X Men Apocalypse was his last movie. That would just mm. <laughs> makes me sad thinking that could have been a case. But no, I'm so glad that he he decided to stick on and uh, have this one be his uh, his farewell to the series. And I really couldn't ask much more from his performance, from the way they handled the character, and to the very end where the credits started rolling. It was everything I would have wanted for an ending to this character. We've come to know and love so much more over the past 17 years of movies uh and for those that have been following comics even longer than that like seeing hugh jackman bring the character to life and then eventually to a bittersweet end is something very special and i don't know if we'll be able to see anything like that in a comic book movie or just movies in general for a long time i don't think so because a lot of a lot of times like if you look at spider-man um, if you look at, you know, Batman, James Bond, the only really way to kind of like look at the films is kind of compare it to like the Harry Potter franchise. But that wasn't across the 17, 
year span that was across what like 11 or 12 years maybe 13 something like I that. Think it started in 2000 or 2001 and it ended in 2011 um but you know he, he's been with his character for so long and he kind of has like he kind of has like he knows the role inside and out where he could it's almost like he they just spray some sweat on him and they just say, hey, action. And then he's, you know, Wolverine. So, but I mean, I'm disappointed that just as a fan of the character, um, that we won't see Hugh Jackman again, because he's been a big part of our lives. So, you know, 17 years, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 28. So he's been a part of my life since I was 11 years old. And I remember seeing that first, uh, the first X-Men in the movies and movies with, uh, with my mom. We even saw it, no, not thinking like it'd be like much, you know, just because how back in those days you were, it was the comic book movies were like hit or miss, um, you know, and that was like the first comic book movie after Batman and Robin. I remember going in thinking, oh man, this is going to suck. It's not going to live up to the hype. Um, it's definitely not going to be anything like, uh, the animated series that I watched when I was younger. But walking out, I was like, wow, I really like that. I really like the guy that they got to play Wolverine. Like, he was, like, perfect for it. And I know there are missteps along the way, you know, with The Last Stand, um, with the two previous um, Wolverine movies. But he was really the best guy to play this role. And I can't, right now, like, I can't even imagine recasting this this role to anyone and them not being able to do it justice. Just the way his overall look, how he got himself in shape, the voice, like everything. Like now, before, when I think of Wolverine, I think of him like in the yellow suit and on the animated series. But now when I think of Wolverine, I think of him in like the gray wife beater with the bloody knuckles and, you know, the Mm -hmm. big chops. But, uh, it's, it was nostalgic. I mean, I turned to you and said, man, I don't want this to happen because, once it's once it starts, it's over with. And I, I said right. that before the movie started, so uh, it was kind of like a moment after, like the when like the Dark Knight Rises. You know, I was like, man, like this this franchise been with me f- since two thousand three, it's two thousand twelve. I don't want this to kind of go away, but it's come and gone, and I'm glad that they were able to take it and make something amazing out of it. Um, and that being said, there's there were some detractions from the film like it's not a perfect film i have issues with like the overall plot with the xander character like that wasn't really well thought out or well planned or i didn't care like that it just wasn't as rich as i wanted it to be um i still am not entirely sure what his motivation was to kind of have these children mutants like i didn't get that maybe you could fill me in like i think his plan was he was going to uh breed these children and to become like a his own army of uh, like mutants kind of in the way that uh originally when his father uh was going to have logan be the original weapon x he wanted to create like his own uh group of weapon x's and it never really turned out uh and then he kind of switched gears a little bit when he started working on x24 and when that became like a successful clone rather than more of like a like an actual bred mutant, he switched full gears into that and the focus on cloning more mutants. But uh, in the process of eliminating the previous assets, you know, that's that's when things start going wrong and the kids start escaping and all that. And it kind of leads to the movie start. But um, that, that's kind of what I took from it. It was kind of weird that he's like trying so hard to eliminate one of these kids when I'm just like, 
what are you doing, man? Like, instead of just like chasing after these kids, you could just be making X twenty five or something. Like I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, like it just wasn't. I don't know. Like I don't really know how to put into words like my overall like feeling of like the character. Like you kind of didn't even need that. I mean, you kind of did, but you in reality you really didn't need like how the that ended. I don't know. Like I'm just kind of that whole like story beat just didn't really pay off for me because it just wasn't that rich to begin with. But that's not to take away from like the amazing movie that already is. Um, it probably could have just had like a little polish up here or there in like certain scenes or. I mean, other than that, like I thought the movie could have been like three minutes shorter too. But other than that, let's give the movie a uh, like an A, like a solid A. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's it stands right there at the very top as some of the best, not not just like the best movies based off of comic books, but like just some of the best movies of all time. Like it's it's a fantastic actiony drama kind of movie. Like if if you're remotely interested in action oriented movies, like this is definitely a must see movie this year. Um. And, you know, like for those that are particularly interested in the comic book genre, uh, it definitely does justice to some of these beloved characters. Like, like we mentioned before, uh, it is very fitting, even if, you know, maybe it's not like a traditional comic book movie. It's some of, it tries to break some of the tropes that have started to grow with the, the comic book movie genre. And it definitely does uh, break away from some of those. And it's a refreshing change of pace. Um, but yeah, so like other than that, though, like fantastic movie maybe it missteps us a little bit here or there but overall it's like an a movie for me definitely an a like i liked it because like people were complaining like why didn't they have like an uh like a post-credit sequence i was like this movie doesn't need a post-credit sequence what's what are they gonna do the, the main character's dead just have wolverine's claws start coming out of the grave <laughs> i'm just like that that's how you ruin a movie Everyone wants, like, these movies to be, like, moralized, but I'm just so happy that it just, like, you know what, we're going to do our own thing, It's we're not going to go down the the canonical way that uh, we're used to seeing, where everything's connected to the universe, this is going to be a standalone film, I like those, like, I think that's a good change of pace, um, I'm hoping that's what's going to happen with the upcoming Batman movies, I kind of like this, Batman's kind of its own thing, and blah, 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 but... Wolverine just this Logan really knocked it out of the park. I like the music of it. I like the I like the sto- like for the most part I like the story between the three characters. Like when they go off to that farm person's home, like that was a nice change of pace because you kind of knew what was cu- going to happen. You kind of knew what was coming, but just to have those smaller moments of joy between all the actors and. Uh, their interactions with each other was really nice. Like you don't get to see that. Like, could you just imagine like Bruce Wayne like having dinner with like Vicky Vale and like <laughs> this big? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, like th- those those moments were you know were really nice, really nice to have. For sure. I mean, For sure. Another thing that was weird is like there were like two kids in our theater. I was like, this is not <laughs> a movie for like an eight nine year old. Like, people are getting maimed. I, I just kept thinking, like, um, when the the first uh, Logan versus X-24 fight scene came out, I was like, oh, my God, I've been waiting for this forever. Those poor kids. <laughs> yeah, it, like, it definitely finally got my, uh, 
Wolverine Rage Berserker, like the thing that I always like wanted to see. Like we got taste of it throughout like I'd say majority of the films before like it went it went over what we want like the the best for me but like other than like Logan like his Rage Berserk mo- moment was an X two where he where they're in like the kitchen. Oh yeah, yeah. the guy with uh through through the chest and it's no, and no see, blood like, though, no blood. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie had blood. Patrick Stewart was saying the fuck word. <laughs> First line of the movie, fuck. <laughs> Perfect. Like we saw tits. Like I didn't even know that was gonna happen. I turned to you before the movie. Was like, man, we're gonna see a lot of nudity. We're gonna see a lot of <laughs> violence. Didn't even know there was nudity. So, like it just like I said, it, this was treated just so differently. I don't know how to explain it. And you know, you know, maybe kind of going to see it again will kind of like, but it just felt so different. It was such a refresher because you know what you're gonna what you know what you're getting when you go see a Marvel movie. You you kind of know what you're gonna get when you see a dceu movie like it's kind of like a toss-up is this movie gonna be good like are we gonna see uh, flip later? a coin <laughs> but like it was such a refresh of like the comic book genre where i'm like wow like i'm i'm back in like because you know we has me got, excited again it, we kind of got like punched in the gut a few times with like bvs and there's a reaction to suicide squad and then the ultimate of cuts came out and then, like, we, like, I, I haven't seen, like, the last few Marvel movies. Uh, I didn't see Civil Wait, I saw Civil War, but I saw it on Netflix. So that was, it was, yeah. It doesn't really um, change much of the formula. I, I didn't see Doctor Strange, but I was like, I really want to see Logan. Like, I prefer my comic book movies to be a little bit more serious and a little bit more character driven and not populated by trying to do fan service to four movies that aren't even in production yet like it just it is what it is i know there's an audience for those movies and i respect those those audience members i'm not trying to cause any issues but i don't care about a sequence that we like a mid-credit sequence for the movie that's gonna pay you know pay off four movies from now and you know and we're still waiting for thanos yeah (laughs) like i don't need that like i just want good story good acting great action just character driven this is where our characters are at in their lives here's where they're gonna be in the middle here's where they're gonna end up at the end and that's what it was absolutely any any uh any other detractors from uh logan that you kind of like i wish that would have been changed um i thought maybe this is very, very nitpicky of me. I think somewhere around the middle of the movie, the pace of it slowed down a little bit too much. Like what the part after they like they get on the road, like it starts off, starts off like okay, we're gonna go to this gas station, have kind of a little moment here, move on. Bad guys show up right behind us. Okay, let's say we chase after the heroes now. All right, let's go to the hotel, have a little moment here, and then move on. Oh, here are the bad guys. They're right behind us. Let's let's get going. Like that happens like two or three times throughout the movie. And I feel like. Even though there's that big moment there at the hotel of uh, Charles Xavier and uh, having his bit of a mental breakdown, I feel like you almost could cut out the entire stop in Vegas and go straight into the point where they're like meeting the family on the road with the horses. You could still, you could probably still get that 
big moment from Charles somehow, but I feel like maybe if they had reworked it slightly, they could have shortened the movie a few minutes and it might have flowed a little bit better. But like, like I said, it's, I, it's very, very nitpicky of me to say something like that. I am. I will say yes. That this is nitpicky of me as well, and I do feel like the moments, as much as you needed those moments in the movies, that it does kind of bog you down with the overall pace because it, they really don't do much when they're in Vegas or Oklahoma or wherever the hell they are. They're at some casino or something where it kind of feels like Vegas, but I don't think it's Vegas because somebody said it was Oklahoma. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> um, but it it, it kind of bogs you down. Like they, there really nothing happens there. They kind of. I'm trying to remember exactly what what like I remember they you know they pull up to the the front door and there's the guy that takes the car and it's like ah it's funny because the car's a wreck and then like they go up to the hotel room and they watch uh, Shane on the TV there and it it does lead that does lead up to a moment there at the very end where it kind of loops back around but like you know they could have had them watching Shane somewhere else in the movie doesn't have to be at the hotel room Shane at the at the 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 house the family's house yeah like exactly they could have done something like that. And then, like, after that, Logan, like, walks out. It's like, oh, no, the baggers are here. And he turns around, and then that's when the big moment happens, and then they leave. It's like nothing really happened when they're there. Like, it doesn't do anything with the story. And like I said, like, you know, even when they flash back to, like, kind of, like, exactly um, when they're trying to explain, like, the reasoning for building these mutant clone children like to me there there could have been more time spent trying to explain that a little bit better than them being having these smaller moments in a hotel room that really doesn't pay off in the end like that to me that moment those moments don't resonate well with me and they don't pay off like the final I, i like i said i'd probably cut out three minutes of that movie and i'd probably be right there and it wouldn't affect the overall story. It would help the pace along a lot better. Like it would zip through like it was at the beginning. Um, but yeah, like other than that, like I'm trying to think of like other things that bugged me about the movie, but I think that was it. And like we said, uh, the, the missteps that this movie have are very minor and don't really detract from the overall experience at all. No, there's, there's very minor nitpicky kind of things. I put this in like the top five or six my favorite comic book films. Oh yeah, easily yeah. Um, it's definitely the best comic book film we've had in probably the last two or three years, easily. I mean, maybe five. Like I almost want to say this is the best comic book movie since The Dark Knight, but I also really I have high praise for Days of Future Past as well, so it's kind of hard for me to say that. Yeah, I, I have really high praise for Days of Future Past as well. And I, my own issues with Apocalypse, like, how do you, I how hate, do you go from I hate that movie. Past? How do you go from Days of Future Past to that huge misstep? Apocalypse is the worst X-Men movie. I'm saying it right there. <laughs> no, The Last Stand is way worse. X, the X3 has some justifiable moments. Apocalypse is just kind of, like, bad from the get-go. Everyone, and then they bring everyone back to life. Thank you, Days of Future Past. <laughs> they killed everyone. <laughs> they killed, they took away Magneto's powers. Uh, they killed Cyclops <laughs> for no reason. We messed up our universe. Brian Singer, save us. Up. Like, at least with Apocalypse, like, there were some moments in the movie where I was like, yeah. I'm a blue, I'm a purple Power Rangers villain. <laughs> I'm going to stay like, here. Hey, that, that I am an immortal. I am the most powerful of mutant of them all. I'm going to go take a nap and die. 
that moment with uh, where uh, Quicksilver plays the the 80s music like that. Like to me, that I, I, I kind of like that scene, but the one from Days of Future Past is better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, but uh, like to me, that movie's a it can be a more redeemable. Like there's actually better performances. Like oh I yeah, like like Olivia Munn. Well, like there's she just quietly sits there in the corner and then slinks off screen during the final fight and never to be heard of again. <laughs> well, like last stand, like the, they run down some stairs, like oh my god, what happened? And like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? Hey, what, what about that one guy in X three where he's like the the fish guy with the spikes coming out of his face? Yeah, <laughs> that, and then, look, that dude is my hero. You're gonna t- are you going to tell me that? I'm the juggernaut, bitch. It's like a good like line of dialogue. Uh, it's an iconic line, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I say it all the time, and it works out for me. <laughs> so I have like major issues with like. Don't get me wrong. X Men Apocalypse is <laughs> is not a film that you show it like a film score is like. Hey, this is what really good. Comic this book is what comic book movies are. <laughs> but with that being said. I'd much rather watch that over X3 any day of the week. As, as uh, <laughs> agree to disagree. Kicking as much as I would kick and scream throughout that entire X Men Apocalypse movie, <laughs> I would kick and scream less watching that than a than X Men Last Stand because they fucked up the Phoenix shit too. Twice, <laughs> they messed it up twice. <laughs> like what the. That's why I was like, you know what? You can get, I can get over like the apocalypse because he's immortal. I'm sure he can come back at some point. But you fuck up Phoenix. <laughs> I like how we're sitting here arguing which turd is not as shiny as the other one. <laughs> we really went on a tangent. It happens. Uh, Don't see either of those movies. Just <laughs> just go from X two to Days of Future Past to Logan. You're fine. It is it, like these. This X universe has just been. It's like every other movie has been just complete utter dog shit. To, to like, holy, what? Where's this movie been? It's like you mean to tell me that Logan and X Men Origins Wolverine are part of the same trilogy? Say what? How does that even happen? No, I'm sorry. X Men Origins Wolverine. Is the worst. They oh yeah, there's there's no competition. Like that's in its own category altogether. Like we don't <laughs> have to worry about that. Mouth shut. The Merc of a Mouth has his mouth showed shit. It's funny. Laugh, guys. It's funny. And they cut his head off and he dies. He, he doesn't die. No, he uh, he comes back at the end and uh, tells us to shh. <laughs> oh. Because you know, epic cliffhangers. Good stuff. God damn, that movie was awful. Hey, thanks to that movie, we got Deadpool, and thanks to Deadpool, we got Logan, so it's okay. <sighs> Everybody wins I, in the end. I'd really like to see like a Mad Max Fury Road meets Wolverine movie. Like if they go like George Miller directs like Wolverine next. Oh, they, they did it. It's called Logan. But like, <laughs> but there's like a car chase. And they go one way, and they, you know, decide to go back the other way. You could even have a train go in the middle. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn. So, Logan, go see that movie. It's worth seeing. Two thumbs up. 
Uh, I'm going to see it again Friday. Uh, I'm excited to see that again. Uh, it was it was pretty good. Pretty it started it started the the 2017 comic book movies out in the right way. I hope that that continues with the next one. I think the next one's Guardians of the Galaxy two, which I probably won't see. And then um, Wonder Woman's after that. Then I don't know what's next. Uh, I think Spider Man is somewhere in there. Yeah, you're right. I'm look, I'm look, I'm gonna go see Spider Man. Gotta gotta support our man Michael Keaton there. But I swear to God, if that movie's all Marvelized, I'll never see another Spider Man movie again. I'm I'm willing to expect from now on that you're never gonna see another Spider Man movie. I'm so sick of every movie <laughs> being populated with Iron Man. Spider Man can. I we're going another tangent. I won't go. I'm just gonna <laughs> say this: Spider Man's a big enough character. You don't need the support of Tony Stark. Sorry, you don't. It's Spider-Man. I feel like Tom Holland's already proven himself as a capable actor. I don't know why they decided to shoehorn him in there. I'm saying that now without seeing the movie, granted, but that's that's my first impression just from the trailers. and The first impression from the trailer was, hey, there's Spider-Man. Oh, there's Iron Man. Oh, there's Thor. <sighs> that was a bank robber, Justin. <laughs> God, came to tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the acting was about the same. <laughs> I mean, you're right. That's, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's Logan. I give it an A. I give it like a 9.5. 9.4, um, Maybe Maybe they'll have like an extended edition, which I don't think they will, but, you know. <laughs> One uh, way or another, I want to I wanna own that on Blu-ray pretty badly. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, so... That's going to be it for episode 15 of Lords of the Film, I believe. Radio. So make sure that you uh, follow us on Twitter at Lords of Film. Follow me at Batman Channel. And follow Kyle at Looting Kyle. Follow Tom. Tom is sick or something. Uh, uh, he's, he's like practically dying or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, someone told me he might have West Nile virus. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, that's why Tom, and he hasn't seen Logan yet. So obviously that wouldn't be show him some love on Twitter. So, uh, make sure you, uh, hit up our podcast, empire network.com and then make sure that you follow us or like our Facebook page at Shannon on Batman and at Lords of film for episode 15 of Lords of film. I'm Justin Shannon, Kyle Davis.